Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hey, everybody, this is Luke Gordon. Uh, Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. And today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Jenny Stuchel, and she is joining me from her company, which is called Pantry Fuel. So in just a minute, I'm going to bring Jenny on the mic here. And today's topics, we're going to cover kind of a wide variety. Um, It's probably going to go in several different directions as we go through, but hopefully it's fun and and informative. But Jenny basically has a company where she uh, makes eating healthy easier for people. So she does, through Pantry Fuel, she does things like food prep and um, you know food delivered to your door or to drop off locations. And unlike a lot of I think food delivery companies, she has um, quite a few options for folks in terms of you know eating healthy, whether they want to do gluten free or dairy free, or they want to do high protein or things like that. So we're going to get into some of that later on. But she, um, Jenny also has a really interesting history and background in um, in different aspects of soil nutrition and soil health, which is. For those of you who are familiar with organic um, practices or if you eat organic food, it's a little bit different. It's a little more in-depth. So I thought it would be nice today to bring her on and kind of pick her brain about what that all entails. And then as we like to do on the podcast towards the end, give you some, you know, some take-home tips that you can use if you're, you know, running your own garden or or just looking for more along the lines of nutrition and stuff. So um, Jenny, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Hey, Luke, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my brief introduction of you. Um, why don't we, so we're going to get into your business a little bit later and it's, it's an interesting one and you call yourself the queen bee uh, food <laughs> slinger uh, at Pantry Fuel. Do you want to just give us the the background in terms of how you got into um, your area of interest with soil health and food and things like that? Do you want to just kind of take us back to that stage in your life? Absolutely. So um, it kind of, it started pretty organically, (laughs) pun intended. Uh, I was a junior in high school, actually, and this was a pretty instrumental event in my life. And um, I had some real bad stomach pain and being a runner growing up, I figured I had a pretty high pain to- intolerance or pain intolerance. So when I was getting stomach pain, it was like sharp shooting pain where you would think my um, where you would think my ovary would be. Mm-hmm. So we thought it was for fertility related. So I um, called my grandma. She was the closest one to me at the time. I was probably studying for a test or something at that point and um, took me into the hospital and it was my first experience really in a hospital. And um, they started running tests thinking there were some issues with the fertility side of things. And we found out $7,000 later, four or five hours later, um, that there was nothing wrong. And so I really had this kind of instrumental experience with our Western medicine and realizing that after those tests and that money spent, the last question I was asked was about my diet. Mm. And so I get to this point and, you know, it was such a simple question. The doctor said, well, what have you been eating the last 24 to 72 hours? Have you had anything different in your diet? And I thought, you know, why are we asking these questions last? And why is this something that is being brought up after this money is spent and after all this time is spent? And um, for me, that was a change in my life to really um, start to question our, not only our Western medicine, um, but question uh, preventative health and ways that I can um, 
provide health for myself and through food and exercise. And what we found out is that I was extremely lactose intolerant, not just lactose intolerant, but I was allergic to dairy. And so I was getting these really sharp pains, again, where you th would think an ovary would be um, because my body wasn't breaking down the lactose and, um, to lactase for me. And so um, from there, it really just sparked an interest in health and nutrition. And I got to college and um, I started studying more nutrition in college at Gonzaga. Go Zags. There you go. Sad that they're, uh, they're, they didn't win that WCC tournament, but very excited to see what they do in the, um, in the March Madness tournament. So a uh, little spinoff there. So we, um, you know, I went to go study nutrition at Gonzaga. I'm actually ended up being a business major, but I asked every professor um, in the nursing school if I could take the nutrition courses, um, just as some electives, and they wrote me into the courses. So I learned a lot there. From there, I, I started a triathlon company over in Colorado, moved back here. Grandma got sick from pancreatic cancer. Mm. And again, uh, my interest in nutrition was sparked. So I was really focusing on exercise and um, the physical body up until then for triathlon training and running. And then um, this this interest in nutrition sparked again when my when my grandma got sick. We call her Tutu. It means grandparent in Hawaii. And that was where um, my dad's side all grew up. So I moved back to Spokane from Colorado after training multiple athletes, training and racing triathlon over there pretty competitively. And um, my tutu passed within five months of her diagnosis, and she was healthy up until the diagnosis when a fall was actually the first symptom um, that we that she had that kind of led down her, her path of sickness. So um, I went and got certified as a nutrition consultant. Uh, it was about a six-month program online, and I started building this um, this nutrition side into helping athletes eat better through food, and that just spun off to helping different people, not just athletes, people who were just seeking to take care of themselves through the prevention side of things um, in their daily lives without having to go to the hospital every time they had a problem or seek a, a drug for every symptom that they had. And so I... I'm pretty results oriented. If you know me, if anyone knows me, um, they know that sometimes I lack attention to detail, <laughs> which gives me my title, the queen bee food slinger. I always am the one, first one to drop something on the floor or throw food around. <laughs> so um, I, I was really interested in how, what, what is the end result um, of getting people to eat healthy? And the end result is the food that we put in our mouths at home on our table. So that's where Pantry Fuel grew from. Um, it was really started with a bad experience for me in the um, Western medical system. And then it grew from uh, uh, an interest in helping others and seeking to help others understand this prevention we can provide for ourselves through eating well. And from there, Pantry Fuel began in 2015. Very cool. Well, yeah, it sounds like you have a um, kind of a similar beginning to a lot of people that are into more natural health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, last episode was um, Dr. Lindsay Donahue, and she had something similar where, you know, um, at a young age, she was diagnosed with these issues. And really what it came down to was some food sensitivities and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, and like you said, sometimes I guess it takes something maybe uncomfortable or bad to happen to you before you start looking for alternative mm -hmm. answers and things like that. So Absolutely. I imagine that's going to be kind of a common thread for a lot of people that I talk to, at least with natural type health, uh, which won't be every single episode. Um, but, you know, I think that's going to be a common thread we all share is that we were just looking for maybe some simpler answers. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the $7,000 worth of 
testing and this and that. And then it turns out to be a pretty simple solution, at least for that pain, right? Absolutely. They say, well, yeah, you're lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, easy maybe, as that. Maybe put that on your uh, questionnaire and next time. How many time. people, you know, go through that and don't have the money, don't have the, you know, insurance, and then it's as simple as fixing something in our diet. That's really what you know, motivates me and inspires me to want to help people who don't have the same resources that others have to, um, you know, maybe work with a natural pathologist. How can we start that prevention at home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and not important. to jump too far ahead of the topic, but I think um, I mentioned that earlier, that makes your company a little bit more unique is that you have these different food options for people. Absolutely. You know, whether it's their gluten intolerance or dairy or things like that. Yeah, um, we're fully gluten-free now. You know, we were just getting so many... Um, so much feedback from our customers asking us to go gluten-free. And so we just went all gluten-free. We make our own um, bread in-house when we do different rolls and things with soups and providing, you know, vegetarians, vegetarian products, um, food, food items that we, you know, adjust a bit from our, t our normal menu. And then, um, yeah, high protein as well. So lots of different diets that we can we can help. Dairy free, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> for me, you <laughs> know, that would be a must. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, and again, I think we're going to circle back to more on the business end for you in a bit here. Um, but one of the things when I was talking to you about what we should, you know, talk about on the podcast today that I found interesting was that you're more into soil health than a lot of people are. And let me just give my layman's interpretation of what that even means, and then you can go from there. Mm -hmm. So when I think of soil health, um, I think a lot of us are familiar with, you know, being gluten-free or dairy-free or things like that, you know, avoiding things that aggravate you. And then on the other end, I think a lot of people are familiar with organic practices. Mm -hmm. And the biggest benefit that I see with organic is that you're just not taking in as many pesticides, which is great. And then where I think it's a little gray for some people is, is, or, is an organic pepper, for instance, healthier than a non-organic pepper in terms of the nutritional quality. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that, no, it's probably not, you know, um, and, and if anything, the, the overall nutritional quality of either of those two peppers is maybe not what it should be compared to a same pepper produced 50 years ago mm -hmm. with soil that hasn't been used 50,000 times. So is that an accurate lead into what soil health is in your mind? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, really it's about finding that value too, before we even start, before we even say is organic better than non-organic, a topic that's been discussed millions of times. It's about finding value in the topic for yourself. So, um, I always talk about, I'm a high school coach here in Spokane at Shadle Park. And, um, I always talk about with my, my young high schoolers, you know, you're out here to run. They always say that running is our punishment, our other sports punishment. And so <laughs> they hate it when I say that. That's that's not very fun. Um, but I, I tell them, just like I would tell anyone else, you have to find the value in something first. And so if you don't find it valuable to eat healthy, if you've always, you know, eaten processed foods, um, but then all of a sudden you start eating healthier, you change one thing, you can typically find the value within a couple of weeks because you realize you feel better, you're you know, maybe more active, being active is easier. Um, same goes with organics. I have a lot of friends who don't eat organics and think, and think they're healthy, think their mind is clear, think they don't have brain fog. Um, but then I have friends who eat all organic, they don't know one way or the other because they've been eating organic as long as they can, you know, as long as they started buying groceries. Um, but then if you go from, from not eating organic to eating organic and you see that value in, um, in your own health, it really becomes obvious why you would want to eat organic food.
And so um, my brother, he's a biologist student, and we have this argument all the time because, um, you know, you could get into a huge topic about GMO versus non-GMO foods, genetically modified foods. And um, organic food is not GMO. Um, it's, it's usually not genetically modified from a science standpoint. Plants rely on um, soil microorganisms to mineralize organic matter for nutrients and plant growth development. And so we really need live organic matter in our soil um, to get the same nutrients from, you know, in our foods as we do. Um, plants rely on soil microorganisms to mineralize organic nutrients for growth and development. And so what we're really what we're really talking about is you need that soil to be alive. And if you're eating food from, let's say, let's just use Safeway, my least favorite grocery store, for example. Safeway also owns Albertsons, if you didn't know. Uh, fun fact. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if you get, let's say, a pepper from Safeway in the middle of winter, it's probably being shipped up from Mexico. And if it's not organic, um, you're going to have probably – 30% the, you know, the amount of nutrients in that pepper as you are from picking it from your garden or getting it from a local farmer's market during season. And where that pepper is coming from down in Mexico, if it's not organic, it's coming from a large farm. Um, and the more you till soil, the more that top layer where all the organic material is at starts to degrade and break down. And so you lose all of the nutrients in the soil that is then transferred to the plant. And once you kill off the microorganisms in that soil, you're going to lose, you know, more, like I said, more than 70% of all nutrients is going to get to that food product. Probably more if that soil, like you said earlier, has been overtilled for 50 plus years for the same crop. Now, crop rotation is really important as well. So you want different microorganisms. There's about 70 different microorganisms that have been tested and named in soils. Um, there's probably more than that, but microbiologists still have a lot of testing to do. Mm -hmm. But so far, what we know is there's at least 70 um, microorganisms in soil, specific fungi and good bacteria for our guts. Um, and those, if, if we kill those off, we don't, we don't in turn have those in our foods. And so um, the more you can rotate those crops, the more nutrients and the more microorganisms are going to you know, grow and live in that soil. But till that overtilling, like I said, creates that, um, cr creates the fractures that soil and it disrupts that soil structure. And so nothing can live in it. Okay. And that's really what we're talking about when you go from an organic plant, um, organic product to a non-organic product. Um, organic simply means living. And so we do want to eat things that are living. If it sits on your counter and doesn't die after three or four days being left out, it's probably not good for us. It's probably not organic yeah. in terms of living. <laughs> yeah. So when you say the microorganisms, you say there's, let's say 70 roughly, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, does that include the vitamins and nutrients or are you just talking about, like you said, fungus? I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, bacteria, like you said, probiotics. Mm -hmm. Are you talking just about the live creatures, not the vitamins and nutrients? Yeah. So the live creatures too. So, um, healthy soil, um, needs microorganisms to, um, actually mineralize, um, the plants pull minerals from that soil. And so, um, that's calcium, phosphate, magnesium, um, phosphorus. We're really low in phosphorus, um, phosphorus in this um, part of our state and a lot of our soil content. Mm -hmm. um, but those nutrients will 
won't be in our soil and um, in turn in our food if that soil isn't living, if those microorganisms don't, you know, provide the correct structure of soil for that plant. And so it can't uptake the minerals that are in the soil. First of all, the minerals are probably not in the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, We're using different process fertilizers that are in turn putting those, you know, different minerals in the soil, like magnesium, calcium, phosphate, things like that. Um, But they're not living. If we're using a non-organic fertilizer, which all large farms are that are not organic, um, they're putting the minerals into the soil, but we're not getting any of the benefits of the microorganisms, which in turn um, are probiotics. Mm -hmm. And then the food is a prebiotic, which is what probiotics feed off of, which is why we need to eat healthier food so that our probiotic gut health um, that we hear so much about now increases and helps us with um, digestion. Um, The benefits go on and on and on. I mean, it helps us with our... um, our immune system, we get better sleep if we have a better microbiome in our stomach. And again, that microbiome has to start in the soil and the food we eat. That's interesting. I think, um, you know, I've always just looked at it as, is there nutrition in the soil? Like you said, calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, all those things. Mm -hmm. I don't think it ever occurred to me that you need the living organisms for the plant to be able to access those nutrients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is fascinating because, um, I don't understand this stuff probably as well as I hopefully will one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's like, I've always struggled with it because you can't just look at something and tell. Like you can look, I mean, walk by, like you said, in Safeway or Albertsons or wherever you go, uh, maybe somewhere like Huckleberries instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> free plug there, Huckleberries, you're welcome. Um, but, you know, you say, wow, it's a really nice looking red pepper. Like it's beautiful. Maybe yeah. it's even a little bit glossy, but you have no idea what's in there mm-hmm. or what's been on there. Um, and even if they have put in, you know, the chemical fertilizers, which obviously aren't my personal first choice, mm-hmm. but even if you put a bunch of nutrients in the soil, it doesn't mean that the, that the uh, plant is absorbing it. Exactly. And yeah. Passing it to you. And it might be, you know, one thing that I, why I brought up my brother earlier being a biologist, you know, he would argue that a GMO plant, um, that's non-organic has the same nutrients as a, an organic plant. He said, there's not enough research from, um, an academic standpoint Mm -hmm. to provide that sort of um, conclusion in the academic realm. And so that's why Mm. you have a lot of students coming out of university not thinking or knowing the difference between an organic product and a non-organic. But if we simply just look at the intake of pesticides and um, Monsanto only started their um, large pesticide um, movement, I think it was in the late 90s, mm-hmm. uh, mid 90s, maybe yeah. even. Um, and so we haven't, haven't had enough data or research to track um, the effects on our long term health that mm-hmm. non organic, um, pesticide, high pesticide fertilized mm-hmm. products have. Yeah. Um, however, we have started to take tissue samples from our gut and from our. Um, our skin tissues, and we can see that over time, those um, non-organic fertilizers and pesticides build up in our bodies. And Mm -hmm. so, again, I don't think we've had enough research for a conclusion to say this is bad, but we've seen lots of negative effects um, with a little bit shorter term health, 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. that to me scream, get an organic product, avoid the, the hot you know, the highly pesticided non-organic product. And Mm -hmm. just simply from a soil standpoint, you want to eat things that are alive, not things that are synthetically fertilized. You want them to pick up 
the nutrients, like we talked about, minerals um, from the soil and uptake that versus uptaking it from a fertilizer that's synthetic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess my um, my argument with that whole situation of not having enough data, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and again, I'm, I'm pretty opinionated on this stuff, but um, I don't need any data personally. I mean, to me, common sense um, would- An anecdotal. Even just saying, well, hey, Luke, would you like your food to be sprayed with (laughs) like this poison? I mean, basically, would you like your food to be sprayed with something that if you ingested, we need to take you to the hospital? Absolutely. But it's a small dose. It's like, well, you know, don't give me, don't give me a small dose of decon either while you're at it. Don't give me a small dose of antifreeze. Mm -hmm. I mean, just don't give me any, like Mm -hmm. I prefer that. And even if you don't have the, you know, quote unquote research, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I don't need research. There's a lot in my life that I don't need proof of. Absolutely. Um, I think I think common sense, unfortunately, isn't always common practice. Um, and if you get behind a microscope or in a lab, you get so data-driven. It's just Absolutely. like, okay, well, let's just step back a minute and just use your frontal cortex mm-hmm. and just say, does this make sense to you? Absolutely. Um, and a good gut check, especially for younger folks, is when you become a parent someday, is what, would, you, would you want your kid eating that? Absolutely. I mean, that's a good gut check for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the data doesn't show it could cause your kid to have cancer later on or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, but but common sense might, you know, tell you this or that. And I get that one of the common arguments too, is that, you know, organic food is expensive. And I think, um, I think we're going to get past that in the near future. Cause I don't think it has to be, let's not go down that road today, Yeah, but, um, could, but I, could. yeah, I know, <laughs> but I certainly don't think it has to be. So let me get off my soapbox and come back to some other stuff. So I want to go back a little bit just to make sure, I think there's probably different folks listening who were throwing out some terms that maybe aren't um, ultra familiar with. Um, so the gut, you know, the gut biome mm-hmm. as you were, um, the probiotics, um, you know, I think people are familiar with that term, but maybe, maybe it's on a, you know, a surface level. So how do you see, um, again, high quality food impacting the health of your gut basically? Absolutely. So, um, probiotics are the healthy bacteria that all of us have in our bodies, especially circulating in our gut. Um, and prebiotics are the, the food, um, the breakdown of food that the probiotics feed off of. Um, probiotics need live cultures, um, think kombucha, live cultures, organic matter, um, organic material to feed off of and accumulate in our gut. Um, the more good gut probiotics that we have, like I said, the, the benefits are, of course, improved digestion. If you have bloat, probiotics help kind of break down that organic matter in our bodies that uh, maybe our, um, you know, our gut can't do without. Um, maintain, helps maintain proper blood sugar. Weight management, of course, is one of the big ones. Um, immune system, we increase our immune system by having more um, healthy bacteria in our guts because those healthy bacteria will help break down toxins to secrete through our kidneys, um, uh, through our liver and kidneys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Liver than kidneys, right? I got to go back to my... Um, my <laughs> Um, what class am I thinking of where we study our body functions? Um, so, you know, we destroy our probiotics, our gut health, um, with the overuse of antibiotics that's and, and through processed foods. So dead Mm. food, um, as I like to call it. So the less organic food, living food that we eat from the earth, um, we end up killing those probiotics that we've tried to accumulate through um, soil, the soil and nutrient uptake that the plants we've eaten, and then um, 
you're always going to have some natural uh, microbiome within your gut that's living. But again, you want to feed it prebiotics, foods that are going to increase the um, production of those probiotics to help you um, become, for example, invasion resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, plants that have more um, a more active bi- microbiome or soil that has a more active microbiome, just like our gut, um, they both in turn um, stave off um, the invasion of different bacteria that, that, you know, the bad bacteria, any diseases that we might be um, around, you know, anyone sick that we're around, what am I trying to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. So all the viruses that are all floating the viruses around. that are floating around. Yeah. So so you can really protect yourself by increasing your gut microbiome. And the best way to do that, um, I always like to talk about like a, a multivitamin versus um, a piece of fruit, for example. So um, from our standpoint, um, a uh, probiotic pill that, you know, your pharmacist might recommend that's in a, um, a single pill form versus drinking kombucha, for example. You got a nice kombucha right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we can get it from a food material, we actually, those, all the minerals and nutrients, let's sit, go back to our vitamin example, in an orange is going to work syn- synergetic, synergistically together um, in our bodies to create health. Um, and and the, each each dif- each nutrient has different functions that's going to create health for us. And so, like a vitamin uh, a vitamin C, uh, an orange. I just gave you the answer. You're welcome. Um, an orange. What do we think about? You know, the main nutrient in an orange would be vitamin C. Vitamin yeah. C, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but we have to remember, vitamin C also has vitamin. The orange also has vitamin D in it. Has calcium, magnesium. Um, and all these nutrients work synergistically in our bodies together to give us health and act different functions in our bodies and fulfill those different functions. Well, it's the same thing with um, taking in a drinking kombucha versus taking um, a probiotic pill. Okay, the 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 kombucha living culture, the probiotics that are living um, in that kombucha or um, what else? Sauerkraut, sauerkraut, um, yeah, anything that's been fermented, right? Um, They're going to work synergistically together. There's lots of different nutrients and and different um, chemicals that we haven't even discovered how they work together in our bodies to give us health and to protect us from disease. And so you're way better off, what I'm trying to say is eat or drink a live culture versus taking it in a pill form. And same goes with multivitamins. And that could be a conversation for another day. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get more nutrition through and more benefits and bioavailability of that nutrition through an organic um, product versus taking it in a pill form. Yeah. And that, yeah, I guess for people that are familiar with probiotics probably have a somewhat of a um, understanding of why they're taking them and things like that. And um, really the research is fascinating with probiotics. Um, there's so many different types of bacteria. And, you know, again, if you can get them naturally, I think you get more of a biodiversity because mm-hmm. um, you can get problems with imbalances of certain bacteria over other ones. And, you know, they are researching that quite a bit, I think nowadays, and especially in disease management and in autoimmunity and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that to me, it's, there's so many things you could research about it that it's going to take thousands of years to actually understand any of it. Mm-hmm. But at least you can say again, from a commonsensical standpoint, it's good to get foods that have naturally occurring, you know, vitamins, nutrients, probiotics. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a few, you know, like the kombucha, which is fermented tea. Um, if you make your own sauerkraut or you, sauerkraut, uh, I love sauerkraut. yeah. Or if mm-hmm. you ferment your own pickles, 
Um, you know, nowadays most pickles are in brine, which isn't fermented, mm-hmm. so it's it's a dead pickle. Um, but <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to use food. your use your terminology <laughs> I love there. It. I love um, it. But um, man, fermented pickles are really good too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's interesting. And again, I, you know, you bring up another interesting topic, which is the use of vitamins and supplements. Which I think, from my perspective, I would love to get all of my naturally occurring um, vitamin C and everything, and all those different vitamins from the food. But on the other hand, I pretty well assume that there's not enough in the food I'm eating, even though it is organic. So it's like, well, maybe for now I'm bridging the gap Absolutely. with a high quality supplement. And um, if we get into it more in the future with actually improving the soil health, mm-hmm. maybe I won't need so Absolutely. many supplements. And if you grow your own food, that kind of you know might lead into our next topic. If you grow your own food, there's lots of ways to increase your soil health at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have even just... Um, a small piece of land that you can turn in to a, um, into a garden in your backyard. You're so much better off growing your own food. And um, yeah, it takes work, but you know, anything good comes with a little bit of work. Yeah. And so we can't, we can't have anything good without work. And so I always like to talk about, you know, we have yards that have grass and lawn and, but what is the lawn actually giving us and what is it giving us back? It's giving us a headache is what it's giving us. Yeah. yeah, Mow the lawn and, (laughs) um, daily, right. When it's nice out. No. Um, but yeah, if you can turn a little bit of land into a garden for yourself, even if it's just a two by two, two feet, um, little area and start to build up the soil health and then start growing maybe, you know, a year later, sometimes it takes a year to get your soil where you want it to be. There are at-home soil tests that you can do. You could probably just find it um, by Googling or finding it on Amazon. And then um, the WSU Extension Program, actually, um, they have a lot of resources that provide new gardeners or young farmers some ideas and some information on how to get started with gardening at home or farming your own food. Mm -hmm. And they also provide... uh, I'm not sure if it's the WSU extension itself, but somewhere within their program, they provide soil testing. So you can just send your soil um, to their labs and they'll test it and tell you what organic uh, material is in the soil, what you need in order to grow a certain crop that you're trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I just worked on just kind of a left turn here. I just worked um, consulting with a hemp farm over in uh, on the west side near Seattle who's trying to start their first crop, um, their first hemp crop this next year, now that it's become um, legalized. And what they found is, you know, for hemp, it it can grow in um, a pretty uh, neutral soil. It doesn't need a lot of fertilizer. It doesn't necessarily need a lot of water either. And so um, that they also found that they measured one acre of their, or they took a soil sample of one acre of their crop. And then the next acre just down the road was totally different soil Uh, makeup. And so the nutrient makeup was different. So they needed to, you know, increase their, I think, phosphorus in one part of their soil and then increase, I don't know, calcium in another part. So, so based on the area that you're in, um, drainage, different water runoff can affect the soil health. And so keeping that in mind, if you are doing just an at-home garden, just, you know, starting it in a spot where it's small enough, where you just take one soil sample and, and get the results for that. But, um, you can look up online easily enough, figure out what sort of um, soil nutrient, um, basically composition that 
the food you're trying to grow needs. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different for for every food product, but pretty much for vegetables, it can be it can be relatively similar. So um, it doesn't have to get that complicated. But just adding different um, organic fertilizers works. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's not always gonna um, it's not always going to help the soil health in the long run and increase the soil um, organic material. So things like manures can replace nutrient loss and inadequate levels in the soil um, of nutrition. And then, of course, composting. Composting is big for nitrogen um, and phosphorus. Mm -hmm. Um, Increased levels of nitrogen and phosphorus because um, that organic material that you can take right from your kitchen is going to produce more of that microbiome your soil um, so deeply craves. And Mm so um, I know for us, we have a nice composting uh, pit basically. First, we started off before we had no money, you know, before we had any money at all. Mm. We just threw um, all of our kitchen waste into a big pile. And during the heat of the summer, we would cover it with um, a tarp and we would just put rocks on the tarp so that it would stay, you know, nice and hot from the heat and that heat would rise. And that's what you want because that's going to create. Um, that fertilized compost, um, or again, organic fertilized compost. And so you want to increase the activity of those um, organic uh, biomes and the microbiomes in your compost. And then you go ahead and add that to your soil. But that's a really cheap way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, any, you know, I wouldn't, don't throw weeds in the pile. We realized we started doing that <laughs> and um, we thought it was going to break down the weeds. But then we started using that compost pile back in our garden. And of course, we got weeds everywhere. It was a daily weeding yeah, process. Weeds, weeds are tough. Yeah, you got to get rid of those somewhere else. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. <laughs> weeds and seeds. Yeah, weeds and seeds. Yeah. yeah. So the birds, seeds, yeah, the birds yeah. will bring those seeds in. We used to put, you know, like, oh, throw the whole, you know, you got some squash seeds, yep. throw them out. It's like, oh, don't put your seeds oh, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't Unless do that. Unless you want to grow a bunch of squash. Yeah, exactly. You know, in that little plot. Sometimes you don't know what's going to end up <laughs> yeah. popping up. So that's a great way to start um, increasing your soil health at home and then in turn eating better. Um, the composting is a great way to do it. And then manures and, um, you know, I like to talk about composting a little bit further. If you have a local coffee shop or tea shop next mm-hmm. to you, um, see if you can just pick up their grounds. We were doing that at um, the North Argonne um, uh, Rocket Bakery for a little bit. We, I would just go in mm-hmm. at the end of the day and ask for their coffee grounds. Um, i just bring a big jar and they would fill it up. And if you add those to um, your composting pile, it'll help break down um, the food materials that you've added to it a little bit quicker mm-hmm. and it increases the nitrogen. Yeah. Those um, are like composting stimulants, right? Exactly. That yeah. And composting enzymes. That yeah. and crushed eggshells, I think. Yeah. Crushed eggshells yeah. are a good one as well. To speed it up. There's actually, um, I got into composting a few years ago and then I put it on hold, I think just cause life got in the way, but it was actually a little bit more to composting than I was anticipating in terms of what, a lot of science what you put in there. Biology. Yeah. So there was, you know, like the carbon to nitrogen ratio, mm-hmm which isn't as confusing as probably making it sound, but it's um, certain types of matter you put in there will mm-hmm. compost quickly yep. and other stuff will take forever. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Fruit can sometimes create like a high pH. Yeah. Um, and so you don't want too high of a pH in your soil, but you want, don't want too low. And so maybe you would yeah. add something like the eggshells um, to help, you know, um, uh, bring down the acidity of that compost. But yeah, there's, I mean, you can learn all of this online. There's so much out there and so much information out there, but um, now I'm in an apartment, so it's become a lot harder to compost. And oh, yeah. for me, you know, my composting pile would then just go for, uh, it would go towards the garbage or towards friends, I guess, who have gardens uh-huh. who are trying to compost. So it makes it hard. You know, there are some living, um, 
instabilities that cause (laughs) the friction between wanting to compost. And, um, but if you do have, you know, some space at home, I always say, try and compost, try and grow your own food. Even if it's just a little spot and you grow your own carrots once Mm -hmm. a year. Carrots are good. Fun with the kids too. The kids love the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Now, so with your business with pantry fuel, then do you guys grow any of your own food or are you trying to just get it from like locally, uh, sourced, you know, resources? Yeah. Yeah. So the first year we had, um, you know, I, from my garden, we had potatoes, squash, carrots, um, some berries that we made into some different dressings, um, salad dressings and things. But since then we've outgrown the garden. I was, when I was, when I had a garden, we were, we outgrew that and we started just sourcing from different local small farms during the, um, seasonal times. And so one that I've really, really loved working with and they're, um, an organic farm as well. I'm not, I can't remember if they're certified or not. It's a bunch of bogus anyways, but, um, you just hope to, you just hope to work with the farm that is honest and trustworthy and maybe meet your farmer and, um, we work with, um, 11 acres farm up on green bluff and a couple different green mm. bluff farmers up there. And then, yeah. um, and I actually, um, prior to this last year, cause we've just grown to the point where I can't go and harvest our own food for our weekly meal prep, which is a great thing, you know, part of the growing pains. So we've actually linked up with link foods and link foods is a farm to restaurant um, delivery service and they deliver, you know, food within a hundred miles to our kitchen every week. And we use them mostly during seasonal time. So right now they don't have a lot available for us that's on our, um, on our spring menu. So we work with farms out of Oregon, different farms with a little bit, um, higher temperatures, tri cities, mm-hmm. they can provide greens a little bit longer we've had such a mild winter up until this last month, um, that we've been able to get greens locally, which is great. So we use all organic greens in our products. Cool. Um, cause those usually are the higher pesticided products. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So again, trying to work with local farmers for the company and maybe someday you'll have your own little farm and you can Absolutely. source it all yourself. Yeah. Right? That would be super nice. Um, Eden Urban Farm is one of the other, the organic farm that oh, we yeah. work with. That's the one you're um, trying to think of? That's what I was trying to think okay. of. Yeah. E- Eden Urban Farm is just um, a fantastic farm to work with. And I've gone out there and harvested some of my own food yeah. uh, for personal uses. But the, the hard part working with small farms from a restaurant standpoint or a food delivery standpoint, such as we are, is getting a, getting enough of a product um, that, that, you know, supplies us for our distribution. And so that's kind of the hard part. If you're a little bit bigger restaurant, um, you can usually connect with a farm and you can use like, um, Luna, for instance, Luna restaurant on the South Hill, they've connected with, I think it's, um, Cascade farms, maybe, or Casacadia farms. Um, I know I'm saying that wrong. Um, but they've worked with them to have the farm specifically grow the amount of greens or herbs that they need for a season of, um, their restaurant menu, which is great. And so the farm is working directly with the restaurant to grow what they need. And so once you get to a production level where you can work directly with a farm, that's a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously the average person isn't going to necessarily go straight to the farm, but, but they yeah. could, I guess. And then farmer's markets, of course, will be popping yeah, up here in Farmer's markets so. are, are a big one. Yeah. And, yeah. and those go, go from usually May, June, May until even October, as late as October mm-hmm. now. Especially for the later season crops, you mm-hmm. know, the carrots and squash and apples yeah, and all stuff. Yeah, root veggies. Yeah. Awesome. So um, 
Let's see. Let's let's switch gears. Just talk about your business a little more because um, I, th- I think what appeals to me about your business is that it is when you get down to, let's say, cutting out some processed food out of your diet, what happens is you realize you've created yourself a good deal of work because mm-hmm. um, cooking is actually work. It takes time. Is it? Uh, yes. No you can ask my wife um, <laughs> if you don't believe me. I do some cooking too. but yeah. <laughs> um, So I, I think that's one of the barriers people have to eating a little bit healthier. I mean, I think the first barrier is, can be cost mm-hmm. and the second barrier is convenience. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, like to make a meal um, is a lot of work. And I think... To me, that's one of the areas where your business kind of bridges the gap for people, right? So you're cooking healthy food mm-hmm. and then they can have it. Is that is that kind of how you see your business functioning? And Absolutely. You know, when I started, I knew eating healthy was a challenge for not only when I was racing triathlon competitively and running, um, but it was a challenge to, as a busy, you know, professional. And so our main... Um, our, our biggest customer right now and our main demographic are really busy professionals because, you know, you work all day, you come home and you're usually either you go to the gym after work, which a lot of people do, and then you come right home and you're ravaging hungry and there's nothing in the fridge. And so how how we bridge that gap is we we provide you something ready. All you have to do is heat it up and it's good to go. And it's, um you know, a full, <laughs> it's a full organic or sorry, it's a full living product, right? Because it's, we, we don't do um, all organic, but we do do, um, the, the dirty dozen organics. Um, you can look up yep. that list online for yep. more reference, but that includes like the lettuce, lettuces, greens, peppers, berries, things like that. But, um, yeah, we really provide a product that's easy and convenient for people who seek to feel good, eat good, um, eat real whole foods and have something ready when they get home or ready, um, to take with them on the go to work. I, I pride ourselves in providing meals that are similar to what um, your mom might make for you, a homemade meal. You know, I've ordered and tried different national meal delivery companies. And because it sits on a truck for two days or um, sits at a kitchen for a day, sits on a truck for two days, then sits on your porch for a couple hours, Mm -hmm. you know, it loses the, not only the nutritional content from the food handling and the time it takes from harvest to get that food on your table, but it's also losing the um, the flavors, right? Like mm. it's not going to taste as good, and the food's going to break down. And so I really provide ourselves or, or pride ourselves in our food tastes great too. And I think from the beginning, because I was writing all the menus, and I don't have a culinary background. Um, that's not my forte. I learned um, to cook with what's in my pantry. My grandma taught me, you know, a little this, a little that. Um, I, I would say I'm a good cook, but I, um, I'm more interested in getting you the nutrients that you want um, and the nutrients that your body craves. And so when we brought on our executive chef, Cynthia Monroe, um, about a year ago now, she just changed the game for us in terms of flavor profiles and getting a little bit outside of my comfort zone for different flavors and um, providing foods that I wouldn't typically cook. And so we have lots of traditional twists on foods like um, any sort of pasta dish. You're going to see a lot more vegetables in the pasta dish than you might typically. It's not just going to be a red sauce and a penne pasta. It's going to be a red sauce with mushrooms and maybe some um, chopped up kale and some garlic and onion and 
carrots and that's going to be part of the sauce on your gluten-free penne noodle or, Mm -hmm. you know, chickpea penne noodle, whatever it is. Um, And so that's been really fun because I think a lot of people initially thought about pantry fuel and the flavor profiles just weren't as exciting as they had hoped. And so bringing on someone who's culinary trained, professional chef, has really changed the game for us and allowed us to stick to our core, which is providing more nutrients in our foods for you by connecting you with not only local farmers and local foods um, and making sure that they're all whole foods, no processed um, sauces. We all make make all that in-house, no white sugars, no white flours, Um, but also bringing in the skills of a chef who can match and marry the flavor profile with the nutrients perfectly. Very cool. Yeah. And that's actually, now that you bring it up, that's another, I think, common complaint with any you know, more restrictive <laughs> diet is like, well, it's boring. Like the mm-hmm. food is boring. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely an art to, to that and then a skill to that. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of cool that you have that expertise to really mix things up and, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> well, not me, my chef, not yeah, me. Well, that's good. <laughs> no, you, I've learned yeah. a lot. Well, you're smart fun. on the business end then to bring in someone who complements your other skills. So, so that's great. And like you said, so a lot of people, it's just, um, they want to eat healthy. It's just not that convenient. So they're coming to you and it's kind of that active demographic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, so does the average person then just do a couple meals a week or are they, I mean, can they order like the entire week basically, or are they just doing like, well, I just want every Thursday night I've got this. I want, I mean, mm-hmm. what's, what's your average customer looking like on, on that end? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, we provide five new meals every single week and we have a four week seasonal menu that rotates for three months. It's a lot of, a lot of math there, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so each week there's a, there's five new meals you can choose from. And typically people are ordering, I'm finding all five meals. That's that's probably 70% of our customers order all five meals. There, some are using them for lunches, some are using them for um, dinners, and they can be used as both. Our our um, our protein sizes are fr- went from three to four ounces now, and then you can add extra protein, which is now a five ounce portion, which is great. So um, if you're using them for dinners, you might want to add that extra protein in there to provide just a little bit more calorie for um, you know, when you're ravage, ravaging hungry after the, um, after the gym at night, but you know, there are some customers that order two or three, well, I guess three meals is our minimum. So they're ordering three meals and just using them for lunches substitute when they have busy days. And I've talked to a few moms who order from us and they're eating our pantry fuel meals, um, while their kids and, and husband, maybe you're eating, mac and cheese or oh something, something like that. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny to me, but at the same time, I hope that you want to provide your family with the yeah. same um, health, healthy meals that you're eating yourselves. But I do have a lot of moms who are like, you know, my kids would never eat this. And that that's a whole another topic for another day oh, where yeah. you try and help your kids um, create good palates and taste mm-hmm. and, you know, taste um, preferences from a young age. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So they can order the whole bundle. So, um, are you going straight to their doorstep with their meal or do you do drop off locations? Yeah. So we go, um, mostly home delivery. That's 90% of our customers do home delivery. You can pick up from our kitchen every Monday or Tuesday evening. Meals are always ready Monday. Our order cutoffs are each Wednesday by midnight. And, we do um, a couple drop-offs in Liberty Lake right now. So um, Black Goat um, CrossFit and uh, The Well, 
Coffee House and Pub. Okay. Those are our two Liberty Lake drop-offs. We don't um, quite go to Coeur d'Alene yet, hopefully, hoping to go here in the future. Um, but right now, it's mostly home delivery. People are out and about and busy. And if you're not home during the Monday morning that we deliver, that's always a question that we get. Just leave out a cooler. It's like your the old days when you had a milkman. You leave out your cooler, a couple ice packs, and food's good for the day, typically, till you get home. Nice. Well, now, unfortunately, you have those folks that are, you know, following the UPS driver around and picking up your packages <laughs> off your doorstep. Yeah, so that's I imagine that's that's uh, those are fighting situations if someone steals your your, food. your delicious food. Yeah, someone no just stole doubt. your dinner off your front porch. Four years in, and we haven't had <laughs> oh, an issue with that yet. But now you you might have uh, sparked someone's interest to start yeah, looking sorry. for a pantry fuel Knock bag. On wood. It. Yeah, <laughs> good deal. Well, it sounds like uh, the business is going well for you, and and you know people that. I think I find people in this sector that are interested in these things, it's easy to find, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy for someone to find you online Absolutely. You know, if they are interested in your product and things like that. So yeah, sounds like it's a growing field that people are getting more interested in. So mm-hmm. that's good from your perspective, right? Really good. Yeah. 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 We've had, we've seen a lot of growth in the last year and um, I can't thank the community enough for really just believing in us and um, there's been a lot of changes, as you could imagine, four years in from the day we started when I was cooking out of my apartment for family and friends, um, selling nice salmon dinners that you might pay $20 at a restaurant for $15, maybe So it's been a lot of growth for me. Um, If anything, it's been a great learning experience. And I'm, I just feel so grateful for my team and the team that we've grown to. Um, And it's been fun. You know, this morning, we did our first uh, business meetup. And we call it uh, Friendly Food Fridays. And so every Friday, we're going to go to a different maybe coffee shop or bakery or cafe, maybe even restaurant in town. Um, sometimes we'll meet up in the morning, sometimes we'll meet up in the evening or for lunch, just so we can meet with different people based on their work schedules. But yeah, we're just trying to connect with our community a little bit better and create this tribe around um, similar interest in food, community, and just positive um, community building. Good deal. So meetups, I'm not real tech savvy, and I imagine some people are with me in the same boat. Um <laughs> If someone wanted to like, you know, learn about your meetups, would they just go to your website or do they have to look for the meetup itself? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's uh, pretty internal. So you would just go to our website, which is www.pantryfuel.com. And up at the top on the right hand side, you'll see a little tab called named Tribe. And you'll see all the information there. The best way to find out where we're going to meet each week would either be our Facebook page, okay. um, Pantry Fuel, or our Instagram. Uh, I think we're a little bit more active on Instagram right now. So Instagram's a great spot, but you can also just go straight to our website and find that cool. out. You're doing every Friday for that? Every Friday, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, um, why don't we just kind of segue into our into our fun uh, questions here. Okay. Uh, I think Let's we've got some I think we've got some good practical information What do you for mean the rest of home. this talk wasn't fun? Now oh, we have to start the I fun. I know, seriously. <laughs> it was really boring up until now. You know, we're only like 50 minutes in here. Right, right. Uh, we probably lost all the listeners by now and uh, <laughs> but at least we'll have a good time. Yeah, this is good for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, so I think we've gotten some good practical tips so in terms of um, I mean, hopefully just opening people's eyes to that, you know, there really is a little bit more to food than just how it looks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, potentially there are these health benefits out there if you're looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just the way the world works. If you're looking for something, it might just show up. 
Um, I like to, you know, the law of attraction type of a thing. If you're looking to be healthier and you're proactively seeking out ways to be healthier, this might just be one of those where you can feel a little better. And um, one little thing I wanted to throw in uh, just on my own personal level is I've mentioned in a previous podcast how I struggle with autoimmune disease and things like that. And one of the common things that my rheumatologist will always ask me, you know, they have the same 30 questions every time you come in, you know, but one of them is, are you fatigued? And you mentioned brain fog mm-hmm. um, and fatigued, and and I never know how to answer it um, because a lot of times in my experience, you don't know you're that way until you're not that way. Absolutely. So you may not, you may say, well, I'm fine. I go to work. I do this. Yeah, I'm a little tired, but who isn't with a you know full-time job and cooking and kids and whatever else? Um, so you may not know that you could be feeling better until you actually do. So I'm just going to put that thought in people's minds um, you may say, well, why, why would I go through the trouble of looking into, let's say, let's get extreme and then looking into not eating dairy for a month. Like that would be extreme for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why would I even want to do that? Cause I'm okay right now. It's like, well, maybe you are okay now. Maybe you could feel better, you know, and, um, wherever folks are willing to start, whether it's eating a little bit healthier here or there, or, you know, prioritizing sleep or, um, you know, meditation or whatever it is. I think, you know, if you're open to the idea, it might just happen. So, yes. So true. Yeah. So hopefully just today's uh, topic has given people some things to think about. And of course, towards the end of the show, um, we'll let people know how to get in touch with you, keep in touch, pick your brain, join the meetup maybe. And um, of course, people can get in touch with me too. So, all right. So let's get into our lighthearted questions. Let's call them that. So uh, first one, we got um, a favorite book of yours or a good book you've read recently that you'd recommend to somebody. Absolutely. It's so good. I bought five of them and gave them to different family and friends in the last month. And it's called Dare to Lead by Brené Brown. Dare to Lead. Yeah. You know, it's about being your own person, but it's really, Brené Brown talks a lot about leadership skills. And she talks a lot about not just being a leader in business, but being a leader in your life. And um, something that really sticks with me that I think about almost daily now from this book is you're brave enough to hear this, even if it's not something you want to hear. And you have the courage to use it or not use it how you wish. And that's a quote from the book. I probably butchered it. It's a little bit, a little <laughs> bit off, but it's but it's pretty much encompasses what the book's about. And I just absolutely love that. That we're brave um, enough to hear hard things and do hard things, and we have the courage to use those things how we wish. Awesome. So you probably brought me a copy too, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the For mail today. Yeah, it's coming. It's I'll coming. get on Amazon after this. I'm an Amazon junkie. So yeah. Awesome. That sounds cool. Um, good. So since we're talking about food, do you have a favorite food and or restaurant? Yeah. So that's a tough one. Cause our food, um, the, the restaurants in Spokane have just grown the last year. So I, I have to say Chaps is probably my favorite out in Cheney. Chaps is a nice little bakery cafe, they have the most amazing butter, heavy cream, oatmeal, blueberries, um, breakfast that I've ever had. The best I've ever had in my entire life. That's your go-to breakfast? So, yeah, go-to. Yeah, I would. I don't think I could run very many miles if that was my <laughs> everyday, you know, a pound of butter, a pound of cream. But it's absolutely delicious. And they've got um, breakfast items. They've got lunch items and um, I think they do a local roast coffee as well. So nice. Yeah, super so good. Someone needs to drive out to Cheney. I haven't been out there in a yeah, long chaps. time. And I say Cheney, I think it's a Cheney address, but it's right before that Eagle Ridge neighborhood. Oh, that's, um, oh, right it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think it's a awesome. Cheney address. Yeah. 
Is it, funky. is it similar to like Leita Bistro? Is it similar yes. area there? Yeah, yeah, so it's right behind that, right next to, um, is that a Yolks grocery store maybe right next I to that? I think so, yeah. Just on just right off of I-90 yep. on the Cheney Highway yeah. there. Awesome. Fantastic. Fun place to study and get some work done too. Okay, good deal. I'll have to check that out. Take the family. Okay, so um, next question is, favorite activity to do around our area or just, you know, Spokane in general? Yeah, you probably would say running. this. Da- Don't darn say it, running. Darn it. Yeah, I would say running. You know, running is, is definitely my favorite <laughs> activity. Um, I would say also um, eating out, right? Like I just, the social experience of eating out is, is just so fun for me. So yeah. like I said, if you haven't been, I challenge you this week. Um, or, or this month at any rate, if you haven't been to one of the new, newer restaurants and you can just Google Spokane new restaurants, 2019, 2018, yeah. um, in our area, highly encourage you to go try some of these new restaurants cause it's, they're, they're locally driven and they're, they're pretty forward thinking in terms of their menu. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love the experience of, of eating out with friends and nice. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> Where'd you like to run, by the way? And just for the record, I don't yeah. run. I chase a little round ball around. I love basketball, but I, was gonna say I cannot soccer? run. Football? Yes, a lot of our therapists here are runners. And it's like, when do you get that runner's high? I've heard about. And one of my therapists is like, oh, it's like about three miles. Another one's like, it's like six miles. And I was like, either way, you just lost me. Because yep. I've never ran three miles in consecutively in my whole life. Okay, but okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it. People one like day, to run. One day, yeah. Or not. You know, there's so many other activities. You got to get in shape, though. Stay in shape. Uh, my favorite run run areas, um, probably, so like I mentioned earlier, I'm the girls head cross country coach at Shadle Park um, High School here in town. And we do a lot of running down at Indian Painted Rocks. Indian mm. Painted Rocks is um, uh, part of the state park up north and going out kind of to Nine Mile. Love that area. And then I would say um, Tubbs Mountain um, over in Coeur d'Alene, right behind the resort there, is really a great short run. I think it's a mile up and over to the other side and back. Um, but you've got a nice hill going up and, di- you know, downhill going down the other side and vice versa. So it's a great way to get some of your hill training in and um, not feel too fatigued because you get that downhill on the other yeah. side. You just lost me again when you mentioned the hill. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> luckily we'll get know, you out there one day. Yeah, maybe. luckily I know Tubbs has a flat area too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can stay there. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so how about something in our area that you'd really like to do but haven't quite gotten around to yet? Yeah, this is so easy because our friends just invited us to go do this tonight. Um, the escape rooms. Ah. Yeah, I don't know much about them. Yeah. Uh, I hear they're kind of a maze inside a building, and you try and get out, and um, they play maybe some music that gets your heart rate up, and maybe. There's some things that jump out at you. I don't know if any of that's correct. This is all guessing, but I'm excited to see what it's all about tonight in the escape room. Yeah, those sound really fun. Yeah. People at the office here always want to do, you know, like team building, which I'm a believer in. Um, They just usually want me to pay for it, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, escape rooms is on the list. Cool. You know, that and um, because you're stuck in that room. I think it's actually a series of rooms and you have to like figure out how to get out and progress to the next area. And so it very much is like look for clues, you know, do this. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You've got an hour to get out. And okay. if not, you know, you have to stay there all night. All night, so, good there forever. Yeah. So bring yourself some pantry fuel. Um, <laughs> good deal. Okay. And so then just lastly, to wrap things up, um, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you or about what you do and stuff like that? Absolutely. So um, pantryfuel.com, that's our, our that's our website. It's the easiest way to get a hold of us. We're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, 
And there's contact information on the website. So if you need to get a hold of us at all about anything. And I just want to finish up with saying thank you so much for, for having me too. This is such a fantastic opportunity to be able to help our community understand a little bit more about why it's so important to eat local, not only local, but um, support farmers who are, you know, have sustainable practices, um, sustainable farming practices for us because um, our gut health is very important. And you'll start to see this um, in the media if you haven't already, but this is, um, there's going to be soon, um, I think, a change from the typical Western medicine that you see now in our um, medical system, um, medical arena to more of a gut microbiome um, emphasis. And so it'll be really fun to see over the next few years how that changes our industry. Yeah, I hope so. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. So you've got the website, uh, pantryfuel.com. I'll leave all of these links in the show notes as well if people want to just have the links, um, Facebook and Instagram. And like you mentioned, those meetups sound kind of cool too. So they just want to get into some like-minded people, Absolutely. you know, find their tribe a little bit. That's going to be a good Fridays, way for them to yeah, go. Fridays, yeah. friendly food Fridays. Say, it say that. 10 times. <laughs> yeah, try to. Yes. Um, good deal. And then um, we also talked about, you have a special offer that people can do if they want to just kind of uh, get used to your food or try it out for the first time. Yeah, definitely. So um, we're going to offer your listeners um uh, kind of a BOGO discount where if they buy two meals, they'll get one free. So the discount is going to be all lowercase, no spaces, Gordon PT, G-O-R-D-O-N-P-T. Um, so we'll have that up on our website and we'd love to serve you and um, see what you think about us and try and get our community some more convenient, healthy meals. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so um, much for having me. This yeah. is really fun. Hopefully people got some good, useful information out of there. And um, like I said, just kind of sparking some interest. Um, even if they're not ready to make huge changes now, I think it's just good to think about. And uh, I like that with your book, you know, just have the courage even just to consider it. It doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. You know, I think just think about it and just know that it's out there. So people looking to be healthier. That's what the podcast is all about. People want to stay healthy. Spokane is a, an amazing area, I think, to live. I think we're very fortunate with everything we have. And um, uh, certainly just... Don't want to miss out on that, especially as you're, you know, getting a little older, possibly. I'm not getting older uh, personally, but everyone else seems to be. Age is a state of mind. Oh, thank you. Good. Good. Well, I'm in the right stage right now. Um, awesome. So uh, let me just wrap up today's episode then too. Uh, thank you for everyone listening. Uh, just to, as a reminder, if you want to look for all of the episodes, um, I've got them hosted right now on the Gordon uh, Physical Therapy website, which is just gordonphysicaltherapy.com. Uh, backslash podcast. So all of the episodes are going to be there. Um, again, I'm not the tech savvy person, but there are links on there to Google iTunes, um, just to even play it straight from your computer. So that'll all be there. And as far as I know, when I give my editor show notes, he puts them up there. So anything that we talked about with the links or the promo code should be in there. So that is all for this week. Um, thank you all for listening and uh, look forward to talking to you again in a month or so. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. This has been a Humble Pod production. 
Stay humble.